0: You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael
1: Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus who bounces off of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35-yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team.
0: Now, here's your host, NASA Choby. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk. The Seahawks taking on the Los Angeles Rams, who are 3-8 in the NFC West. Huge matchup. Seahawks want to get it done. They will have no excuses this week with a banged-up Rams team. But as we know, these Rams play the Seahawks very tough at every single time. So let's waste no more time. Let's get right into it.
1: What's on tap?
0: These Rams, 3-8, and eight, like I said, in the NFC West with losses to the Bills, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers again, Tampa Bay Bucks, Arizona Cardinals, New Orleans Saints, and the Kansas City Chiefs. But these guys are struggling. I would just be straight. That's what it is. They yeah, block. these
1: dudes are struggling. They're not playing good football at this point. They're dealing with a bunch of injuries. The Super Bowl hangover looks real, real as heck with this group right here. I didn't expect this. Going into the season, I thought that it would be a two-man race for the division and maybe the Hawks could get into the mix right now. The Hawks are in the mix and these guys are at the bottom of the division looking up at everybody.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, how the, the mighty have fallen defending Super Bowl champs have lost five games in a row and seven of their last eight. Well, every single team in the NFL bump, as you know, is pretty banged up. The Rams, though, they have been absolutely crushed on injuries. Eight new starters from week one to week 12. Rob Havistein is the only lineman to start both games. Currently without Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Matthew Stafford's got a neck issue. He's in concussion protocol as well. Sean McVay said he was not going to play this week. Aaron Donald's out. Joe Noteboom had Achilles surgery. Starting center, Brian Allen's dealt with injuries. And they also cut starting running back Daryl Henderson. And according to Elias Sports Bureau, the Rams are the only team in the Super Bowl era since 1966 to use different starting five-man offensive line combination in each of its 11 games of a season.
1: Wow. That, that's not good that, that can't be good no consistency no no cohesion I always say that offensive line needs to be a nickel not five pennies i got some pennies going on over there man they got some change
0: it's crazy man because these rams when, when i think of the rams it was the reincarnation of the greatest show on turf for the last couple of years right. down there throwing that thing stafford cooper cub they had woods over the years higby all those guys it's just not going their way and it did not go their way against the chiefs last week you know regardless of Health, you know, it was going to be a tough game for the Rams because they're playing the Chiefs, one of the best teams in the league. They were without Stafford and Cup, as I mentioned. Bryce Perkins, a UVA guy, got his start at quarterback. He played a senior U at Virginia in 2019 and predominantly been on the Rams practice squad the last two years filling in for Stafford. In that start, he went 13 of 23 for 100 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. Van Jefferson led the Rams with just 29 yards on three receptions and a touchdown. Rams Man. defense played pretty well because that's the one thing they're doing pretty good right now but a third quarter touchdown from isaiah pacheo made the score 20 to 3 and the rams would only get a touchdown early in the fourth quarter chiefs that couple field goals end up winning that ball game 26 to 10 man but when you look at this head-to-head what stands out with this struggling rams
1: team what stands out for this team who is struggling is that they are good against the run mm-hmm. they're number four in the league against the run allowing 97 yards per game. We know that the Hawks have been struggling for a couple weeks when it comes to running the Rocks, so let's see what happens. Total defense, they are 10th. I'm talking about the Rams and against the pass, they are 20th points allowed. They are 18th, allowing 23 points per game. You look at their defense, you say, all right, they're doing okay. Let's look at that offense. Offense ranked 31st in the league overall. 31st when it comes to running the ball. 24th when it comes to throwing the ball. 29th when it comes to points per game. So you have a defense that statistically has been doing okay but then you look at all the games that these guys have played Um, obviously they're not doing enough because this offense isn't contributing as well you look at the seahawks they are 12th overall in offense 16th running the ball ninth throwing the football and fourth when it comes to scoring points getting 26.5 defensively they have struggled especially as of late They're 30th overall 29th against the run 23rd against the pass and 28th when it comes to giving the points 25.5 Turnover differential is crucial right here. All right, The Hawks have done a good job of that balance, right? They don't turn it over more than they do. They're plus four. That's fifth in the league. The Rams, on the other hand, are minus seven, 29th in the league, tied for 29th. So if you can take care of the football and force them to turn the ball over, the odds are in your favor. Yeah, that
0: jumped out to me, too. Minus seven, tied for 29th, as you said. But the thing is, bump they were turning the ball over when they were healthy. Stafford had a lot of turnovers this year, a couple pick sixes, and they weren't taking the ball take care of the ball as an offensive unit so it's a struggle bus right now i mean that it is what it is when you look at their stat leaders cam Akers leads the team with 274 rushing yards he's back back. yeah he's back back. (laughs) we'll get into (laughs) those two it's crazy man it like i said i i'm being a little facetious talking about the rams how the seahawks have no excuse this week and this and that just because of the injuries but it's the rams they always play the seahawks tough it doesn't matter who they roll out there and these teams have played a lot over the years let's know the history
1: no your history.
0: Seahawks lead the all-time series 25 to 22 in the regular season. The Rams are 2-0 in the postseason. However, the Rams have won eight of their last 10, including the playoffs. Dang. Mm. Like That's wild. I, look, I look at that, I'm like, has it really been eight of ten? Holy smokes. But it, it's true. The last time these two teams met was last year. The Rams beat the Seahawks 20 to 10 on a Tuesday afternoon. Yes, I said a Tuesday. If you remember, the Rams had a massive COVID outbreak. And the Seahawks really got the short end of the stick. The game got pushed from Sunday to Tuesday. When the Rams had all their guys that they were going to miss if the game got played on Sunday, all their guys got to come back. Unfortunately for the Seahawks, when that transition, we lost Tyra Lockett, DJ Reed, Brandon Shell, Travis Homer. So it was uh, not ideal for the Seahawks. And in that game, Russell Wilson really struggled. 17-31, just 156 yards, no touchdowns, an interception. D.J. Dallas was a leading rusher with 41 yards on eight carries in one touchdown. And the thing that stood out about this game, bump. I don't know if you remember this, man. Fourth quarter, Seahawks get a big stop, get the ball back down seven with 525 in the game. They're facing a third and one at the 45. Rashad Penny gets called for a false start where he barely, yeah. I mean, it was ticky-tack. I don't think it, it was mm-hmm. a questionable. Then on the next play, Russell tries to find D.J. Dallas, and he gets tackled straight up. This gets tackled in the route. No one calls it DJ guy yep. a little annoyed. I think he kicked the football. We got a 15-yard penalty on top of that. It was, it was a tough game. The end of you know towards the end of a tough season last year. So, you know, got all the bad juju out, Bump. got it all out. We know the Rams have won eight of ten, but this is a new team, a new week. So I'm let's excited. Go. So let's figure out what's going <laughs> on in the West. What's the word?
1: Put my soldiers out.
0: And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again.
1: What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? Things have been changing in the NFC West the past couple of weeks. The Hawks were leading this thing. They lose two. The Niners are on a nice little win streak. They're sitting at top of the NFC West at 7-4. The Seahawks are behind them at 6-5. Cardinals at 4-8. And eight in the Los Angeles Rams at the bottom of the division at 3-8. The Hawks are now a game behind the 49ers who also have the tiebreaker because of that week two win. If the Hawks want to catch these guys, the next two weeks are just right, going to be important. You need the Niners to lose this week against the Dolphins. That is crucial. And then you take care of business on Thursday night football in a couple of weeks. You might be back in this thing, but uh, let's talk about what the 49ers did last week. They took care of business. They beat the Saints 13 to zero. The Niners are playing some good football. They're now on a four game winning streak. The defense is balling. Three second halves in a row, they have recorded a shutout. When you're shutting teams out in the second half, you give your team a chance to win. They also forced two fumbles. Alma Kamara ended the NFL's longest active scoring streak, 332 games in nearly 21 years for the Saints. They score every single game mm. All right. for 21 years. <laughs> they've been they've been scoring as long as the Mariners were in that playoff drought and <laughs> putting oh up gosh. points. Like that's that's consistency at its finest, man. Uh, the the Saints were stopped near the goal line twice in the second half. The first time was after 12 plays, 87-yard drive. Alvin Kamara fumbled on the one with 11 minutes in the fourth, training 13-0. The second time they fumbled, the Saints turned the ball over on downs from the four-yard line with six minutes left. Uh, so the Saints had their chances, but uh, just didn't get it done offensively. No one went off for the Niners. Jimmy G had a Jimmy G type of day, 26-37, 20-22 yards. One touchdown, Brandon Ayuk led all receivers with five receptions, 65 yards, and one Jennings added 49 yards. And the game's only touchdown on six receptions. Elijah Mitchell led all running backs. He had 35 on seven carries. Now, things will get tougher for these Niners. I mentioned, they got the Dolphins. I've never been more of a Dolphin fan yep. than I am this week. Go Dolphins, go. Tua, get it done.
0: I'm with you, man. I, I mean, the next two weeks, the Bucs lost last week. But you remember they beat the Seahawks in Germany. They're still a good football team. So the next two weeks, the Niners are going to have to play their best football. And we're going to learn something about them. Because I think right now everyone's kind of crowning them as a team to beat in the NFC with all those weapons. And rightfully so. They have a lot of dudes that can play. But we'll see. We'll see what happens when they play the Dolphins on Sunday. Recapping the Chargers at the Cardinals. Now, the Rams are not the only team in a free fall right now. Cardinals have lost six of eight games after losing a brutal game to the Chargers 25-24. Cardinals led for majority of the game. Took a 24-17 lead early in the fourth quarter after an 11-play, 75-yard drive and a James Conner touchdown. Both teams would punt, bump on the next six drives, with the Chargers getting the ball back with 148 left in the game.
1: Sounds like some good football, huh? Sounds like some yeah. big Wyman football. <laughs> Lots of defense. Out Lots there. of
0: defensive stops, man. <laughs> but the problem was when the Cardinals did punt that last time, they were backed up, and they allowed a 20-yard return. So the Cardinal or the Chargers were in business. First and ten from the 38. Chargers bled the clock, did what they had to do. Justin Herbert then found Austin Eckler on a one-yard touchdown with 15 seconds remaining. Instead of going for the tie, Brandon Staley he went for the win, and it paid off with Herbert finding former Seahawk Gerald Everett for a two-point conversion and the Chargers winning 25-24. Murray had an average day going 18-29, 191, two touchdowns, one interception. Had an interesting comment about what happened on a fourth down play late in that game and just kind of about their offensive scheme, and he he said some choice words that I'm not going to – uh, restate on this podcast but
1: schematically they messed up is <laughs> yes what he said.
0: thank you thank you they uh, <laughs> a little bit more colorful language but they messed up james connor had himself a day going 120 yards and 25 carries didn't have enough help d all receivers 87 yards four receptions one touchdown on the other side justin herbert 35 of 47 274 three touchdowns also added 38 yards on the ground so right now the seahawks have lost two in a row the Rams are, are free-falling. The Cardinals are falling right now. It looks like the Niners are kind of ascending. But it's winning time for the Seahawks. You know, the division is still in play. They can still get after these guys. So right now it's for the taking, and it starts with taking care of these Los Angeles Rams. Let's figure out these Rams. Man up. Hey, is this? Oh yeah. is this? Man, up. Man, up. Man, up. Man up. Man up, Man up. Man up on Hawk Talk. But when I first read this, I just put Rams QB because <laughs> you I did don't know not who gonna know be. who was going to play. Today in the press conference, Sean McVay did note that Matthew Stafford most likely will not play because of neck issues. He's been in concussion protocol the last couple of weeks, so he's not going to play on Sunday. He's had a decent year in terms of yardage. 206 for 303, 2,087 yards, 10 touchdowns, but eight interceptions. He was sacked 29 times with a QB rating of 87.4. We talked about it in the open. Replacing Stafford was free agent Bryce Perkins from Virginia. He had a decent day, as much as you can expect from a, a guy that spent most of his time in the practice squad, but they really loved him in the preseason. He went 13 of 2,300 yards, one touchdown, but through two interceptions. But the guy can run the football 44 yards on nine carries. At University of Virginia, he was pretty good. You know, he let the – record in total offense in a single season 3,603 yards and 34 touchdowns so big ray we know he's a virginia guy so he'd say big ups there but this team i mean i gotta say like it is this team is not the same without matthew stafford stafford's nah, guys i the same without
1: stafford mm-hmm. odell o- o- Allen robinson cooper cup i mean this is a different looking team but the one thing we know we're going to have is we're going to have our quarterback he's yes, going to be in there geno smith put together a solid performance last week there were a couple plays he would want back for sure you can look at that mesh fumble obviously the interception a couple of throws that could have been picked off but nonetheless he gave you a chance to win he was 27 37 328 two touchdowns one interception it Was geno's third game passing for over 300 yards this season That 328 is the third highest of his career. ginos he's getting better, man. Even a a game where he's throwing an interception, he still did some things that he doesn't normally do. This guy's padding his resume. He is the NFL's leader in completion for 72.8% of the passes he is completing. He is sixth in the NFL with passing yards, 2,802. Fifth in passing touchdowns, 19. Second in QB rating, 107.9. And fifth in QBR at 64.2%. You say this. You mention this every week. Yep. But we're gonna mention it again. He has nine games with multiple TD passes this season. He had seven of those games in his nine uh, nine year career so far. Gino also set a career high with passing touchdowns with 19 so far this season. He's 257 for 353, 2,802 yards. Like I mentioned, nine tutties, five interceptions, 50 carries for 240 and one touchdown. The Rams are 10th in total defense, so it's not. I mean, we still feel like we should win this game, but respect. The Rams are playing some decent defense, and they're 20th against the pass line, 226 yards. I really don't care, though. I think that Geno's in a good place. Lockett, DK's in a good place. O-line needs to have a little bounce-back game. You know, they got a little shucking up a little bit, but that's football. You're going to win some and lose some. As long as Geno's playing well, we got a chance.
0: No question about it. Geno, his numbers speak for themselves. He's played himself into First place in NFC Pro Bowl voting. That's how good wow. he's playing. He's getting respect from fans across, and he'll definitely get the respect from guys in the league playing against him. So definitely all the faith in the world, the number seven at quarterback. Now these Rams running backs. So Cam Akers and Kyron Williams are the ones we're going to spotlight here. The Rams, about that minute, run the ball for any success really this season. 31st in the NFL at 79 yards per game. Their leading rusher in 2022 is Daryl Henderson, who's currently not on the roster. And he only had 70 carries for 283 yards and three touchdowns. He was surprisingly let go last week. And then behind him is Cam Akers, 84 carries, 274 yards, one touchdown. And it's been kind of an interesting year for Akers. You know, he was inactive for two games for personal reasons from the Rams side. NFL insider Ian Rapoport reported on October 16th that Akers had philosophical and football-related differences with McVay and that Los Angeles was expected to feel the trade. Obviously they didn't because he's still there. So it's interesting he resumed the starting running back duties and he'll get most of the carries. So on paper, it doesn't look good. Kyron Williams, another running back on the roster, barely played this season, but he did have 11 carries last week. Most he's played all season with 35 yards. But, um, you mentioned a little bit before. I don't care about all that. It's about the Seahawks this week. I yep. mentioned that a little bit last week, but defensively it's about the Hawks because they have struggled stopping the run. Two weeks, 444 yards rushing allowed. 161 to the Bucs, 283 to the Raiders. Coming into the Bucs game, similar to the Rams, the Bucs were dead last in the NFL in rushing at just 60 yards per game. And then after they played the Seahawks, they kind of reverted back to their normal ways, just rushing for 96 yards. Hawks can't, can't take them lightly, but it's about them. They need to make adjustments in the run fit, and they have the guys to do it. Jordan Brooks leads the National Football League in tackles. Cody Barton is playing better and better. Big Outwoods can throw anybody and their mom around because he is just that strong. He can pick you up bench press you there's guys on this team that can get it done and i have faith in this coaching staff i have faith in clinton hurt that they'll get this figured out similar to that four game streak where it was kind of at the drop of a uh, the hammer right That all of a sudden this defense figured it out i'm expecting that bounce back coming into this ram game but they got to take care of business it's about them
1: yes sir it's about the hawks and it's also about this offensive line and the seahawk offensive line was going to be going up against Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Greg Gang. Sounds like Aaron Donald will not play. But let's give Aaron Donald his flowers while we're here. Can't ignore the yeah. the, the man this guy is in 16 games. That's dang near. That's an old school regular season in yeah, 16 yep. games. He's got 65 tackles, 15 sacks, and 24 TFLs against the Seahawks just alone in 41 QB hits. He was definitely Russell Wilson's worst nightmare. But we talked about it. He's got an ankle injury probably not gonna play so thank you for that gift Aaron Donald Christmas is early but now you still got the UW standout Greg Gangs. he has 20 tackles three sacks and four TFLs the Seahawks offensive line struggled against the Raiders you had Max Crosby over there you got young tackles Abe Lucas Charles Cross I mean days like that happen there's no way we're gonna go a full season and not have this offensive line struggle. We've seen every position struggle on this team at some point. That's just how the national football league goes, but they are getting a break this week. So I expect this offensive line to play a bit better than last week, knowing that you don't have to deal with Aaron Donald. Yeah.
0: But you know, there's another guy, Leonard Floyd's on that team too. And he gives the Seahawks troubles as well. He's got 42 tackles and five sacks, six TFLs on the season against the Seahawks in just six games. He has 17 tackles, six sacks, six TFLs, eight QB hits. So, it's not going to be easy, but anytime, if you're Austin Blythe, Damian Lewis, Phil Haynes, Gabe Jackson, any one of those guys, and you look up and you don't see 99 in front of you,
1: that's a good day. It's a good day. It's a great day.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to this offensive line getting back on track. It also should be noted, Abe Lucas was a little bit under the weather last week. I think mm-hmm. that was a big factor in his game last week, just trying to dig through it and fight through it just to play. And then right. and you have to go ahead and then block Max Crosby, who's, arguably the best defensive lineman right now in the NFL. It's a tough task for anybody. But staying on that offensive line, kind of partnered and married to it, is Ken Walker taking on this Rams front seven. Ken Walker has been unable to get things going the last two weeks versus Bucks: 10 carries, 17 yards. And then against the Raiders, 14 carries for 26 yards. Did have the two touchdowns but And what stood out to me when I look at this chart is his last three games is the negative plays, specifically against the Raiders. He had four negative plays, but those negative plays went for minus twenty-two. Mm. So that's that's hard when you're when you're trying to establish the run and you have those kind of plays because if you take away the negative plays, you know, nine carries for 48 yards and two touchdowns, you'll take that. I mean, it's not yeah. the best game in the world, but it looks a lot better than twenty-six yards because you lose twenty-two. And unfortunately, like we mentioned earlier, the Rams have the best one of the best rush defenses in the league, fourth in the NFL, allowing just 97 yards per game. They have not allowed a player to rush for over 100 yards this season. Till
1: Sunday. Till Sunday.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Speaking into existence, <laughs> pump. But they also got a guy playing over there. He was number 54 Hall of Fame linebacker for the Seahawks, Bobby Wagner. Now we're at number 45. He's going to be jacked out and ready to go. That's the for one sure. thing. Whatever Bobby Wagner's got left in his legs is going to come out on Sunday. I feel like he's going to be rocking and ready to go. So he's going to be a guy that the Seahawks definitely need to make sure they know where he's at in every play.
1: One is weird seeing Bobby in the four or five, still not used to it. Uh, but two, this man has played every single snap on defense. So Damn. for people who thought he's getting old, he's lost a step, maybe he has lost a step, but uh, he's still out there every single play. So we'll get a heavy dose of the Seahawk legend. Bobby Wags, but now let's focus on probably the matchup of the game. This is what everyone has come to see DK Madcap versus Jalen Ramsey. You got two of the biggest trash talkers in the game. Every game, every year, DK's mouthpiece goes more and more. And I love it personally. I love it. Not my game, not the way I approach the game, but I like the way DK does it, man. Uh the last two weeks, DK has gone off, but um. He's been productive, 17 receptions for 161 yards. On the year so far, he's got 59 for 671 and four touchdowns. Uh, These guys are going to go at it. So let's look at the matchup the last six games, okay? And what, 19, he had six receptions for 78 yards on six targets. And November of 20, two receptions for 28. December 26 for 59. January of 21, five for 96, two touchdowns. That's a playoff game. And then in uh, October, 21, 5 for 98, two touchdowns. And then in December, 21, 6 for 52 on 12 targets. Ramsey this year, well, still one of the best corners in the league, man. 57 tackles, one interception, 10 passes, defended, two forced fumbles, and four TFLs, including two sacks. Right, let's look at Ramsey's last six games versus Seattle and DK. All right, He's got four tackles, one game, two in that game with one tackle one pass defendant then three tackles one pass defendant four tackles one pass defendant five tackles two pass defendant you know what i don't see on that thing what you don't see bump? no interceptions all right let's keep the good times rolling you're playing with a more efficient quarterback gino's gonna take care of the rock but you gotta go at ramsey he's not a guy you have the weapons to go at ramsey i mean you don't specifically say okay we're going after number five but you don't let his presence deter you from running your offense.
0: No question about it. And when you went through those stats on Metcalf, I distinctly remember several of those routes and those touchdowns where DK was one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey. And he made things happen. And I love how the Seahawks are really implementing the slant portion of the game to DK when they see uh, corners playing off and stuff like that. So I look for him to be active. And we say this every year, but, man, if you could get the raw, unfiltered copy mic'd up of Jalen Ramsey and DK – Oh my I pay goodness. For it. I would absolutely I pay, for pay for it. I pay a lot of money for that. Cause. Yeah. But get your popcorn ready. Those two are going to battle it out. Should be a fun matchup. Hopefully, DK comes out on top. But the Seahawks have a big game this week. Let's figure out how they get it done. Path to victory. At the 45, waits for the
1: snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good. The Seahawks win. It's good. It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk.
0: Bomb, it sounds simple. Stop the run. The last yep. two weeks have not been to the standard of this football team. It doesn't matter that the Rams are 31st in the NFL. The Seahawks need to shore up their run fits and hold the Rams rushing attack to under 100 yards. I think it's very doable. I mentioned earlier there are so many dudes on this defense that can play, great coaching staff. You know Things have gotten out, a little out of whack the last two weeks, but I think they can make things happen and get it back, and especially this week. If it's going to happen any week, it should start this week, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, man, let's make this uh, this young quarterback look like a young quarterback, Bryce Perkins, right? He's making only his second start. We need him to look like he's only making his second start. Get after it and sack that young man. We need QB hits. We need sacks. It's been a couple weeks. And then eliminate the big turnover. Two games in a row, we have turned the football over when it feels like we're about to score and change the momentum. Get after this quarterback. Put him on his wallet. Take care of that football.
0: Yes, the little Steve Rabel mentioned, put him on his wallet. Hopefully we see a lot of that. And on the other side of the ball, Ken Walker, need to get him going. They need to establish a run. Ray Roberts talks about snot bubble type games. They need to be physical and get after this defensive line, especially without Aaron Donald. That's a huge difference in the game. I think we got the guys to do it. They've been good all season long. A little hiccup last week, but I'm ready for them to get after it. And, you know, don't let them mess up the game plan. Leonard Floyd's a good player. Great Gaines is a good player. Hat on a hat offensive line answer the challenge and i believe they can get this done bump
1: yep they can't get it done get back into the win column and do what i used to hate here and growing up as a laker fan beat l a love the it only time you're gonna hear me say that <laughs> is when we're playing these dudes right here go get them
0: can't wait bump i hope you're right speak that into fruition the seahawks taking on the rams in los angeles Seahawks Radio Network will be on the air at 10 a.m. in Seattle, 11 a.m. across the network. Reminder, you can catch our podcast anywhere, Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SiriusXM, and more. This will be a fun battle this weekend. Hopefully, the Seahawks can take care of business on Sunday. He's Michael Some from Chobe. We will talk to you on Monday with the Recap Edition. This has been Hawk Top.